controls them have to be imposed and a world governing body will be created to enforce them welcome to tinfoil app we, we, we go deep homeboy open your mind drink from the fountain of knowledge there's lizard people everywhere that's some interdimensional shit Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Yeah, and welcome to Tin Ball Hat. We are back. Uh, am I good? My my sound keeps going out. There we go. Welcome to Tin Ball Hat. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. Join me as always. XG in the place to be. Back from his triumphant uh, gigging in the East Coast on the East Coast. How was it? It was great. Cold as fuck, though, dude. Cold uh, as fuck. Yeah, I don't it's appreciate not, wasn't that. Wasn't actually even that bad? If you think that's cold as fuck, you should never go to Minnesota or Edmonton. But it was great. You know, shout out to everybody at Tiffs. You know, shout out to my boy Mike uh, and everybody at that wonderful restaurant. It was a great restaurant. And great comedy club. Yep. It was fun. Packed house first show. Packed house. And then the second show, uh, pretty full. But all Tinfoil Hat fans. And it makes me very excited and very thankful. It makes me want to work harder and harder and harder for you guys to put out the best show ever. Now, I know last week some people weren't excited about this episode on UFOs. I get it. I didn't know that. was. I mean, halfway through, I'm like, okay, this guy so weird. Uh, but that's going to happen once in a while. But we caught it, and we pressed them, and I feel like at the end of the day, uh, we know who's who doing what, in my opinion. Um, so it's good. But this week, we have I'm going to give you three episodes, because we only put out one last week. I'm going to give you three episodes, and these are all going to be killer episodes. And I have some huge news coming up. I can't announce it. I haven't even told the people in the studio it. It's going to blow your mind. But just know it's coming, and it's going to be amazing, <laughs> and it's going to be a game changer. So I'm excited. Uh, big things are coming for this show, ma'am. And uh, the people really get it. Once again, all the ladies came to the show, all smoke shows. So many smoke shows. Oh, so show. many smoke shows. Yeah. It's unbelievable, yep, right? It good. Good stuff was showing up there at Tiff's. Yeah. Tiff's is a shit, man. It's put us in a nice hotel. So we're very thankful. Oh, yeah. That hotel was a little creepy looking. It was like a, I didn't even, it looked like a mansion's house, like a, like a president lived there or something. Yeah, it was yeah. nice though. It was dope. It was a little too, uh, too high class. I mean, like, dude, I usually stay in like, I don't know, fucking closets of weird, like creepy haunted houses. But that was a nice place they put us up yeah. at. And so we're very thankful to Mike and everybody at his club. And we're going to be back there very soon, hopefully with our good friend, Eddie Bravo. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Absolute Extract. That's right, Absolute Extract, abx.org for all your weed needs. Weed is everywhere. But you know, I, apparently you can't smoke it in New Jersey. Nope. Isn't my, that weird? Dude, like, yeah. I, I was telling Sam, one of my homies picked me up. He was going to... You got to, your friend arrested. Yeah, basically he... Your drug abuse <laughs> got your friend arrested. He's going to be doing hot times coming yeah. up. But not in California. It's weird that if you stand on certain parts of the, the continent, right, that are, are just a certain part of dirt that is this country, some place it's right, you're, you're, you're allowed to do it. Other places you're a fucking felon. Yeah. And, you know, and all he needed was some stupid card that said, uh, so I dumb, have a pain dude. in me. So dumb. So go to absolute extract. 
uh, abx.org. And, dude, they got everything for you. They got your vape pens. They got your uh, everything weed, uh, lip balm, uh, teas, beer. They got they got weed beer. They got weed drinks, weed water, weed everything, dude. It is next level. I'm going to be hooking my dad up. He's going to be coming to our Arizona show. I'm going to be bringing my dad some weed, dog. And it's all going to be from our good friends at Absolute Extract, okay? They're great, dude. Go check them out. If you're a fan of the show, check out our sponsors. They help the show grow. Next up is our good friends at Caveman Coffee. Caveman Coffee. They got everything you want. Teas, coffees, nitro. Uh, it Again, it's independently owned by our good friend Tate Fletcher, and we want to help them out. Use the promo code TINFOILHAT. And you will be able to get 50% off any of your purchases, guys. You want to get your, you, you, you don't like, uh, I don't know, like Starbucks coffee or anything like that. Go support independent companies. Go do that. So help them out. Once again, that's cavemancoffee.com. And go use the promo code TINFOILHAT. Guys, the shows are coming. We have so many great shows coming up. We're coming near you. I know people in Europe are like, well, I don't want to hear about the dates. I must have some European dates. So we're coming, dude. And the next big one is... is We got Comedy Chaos. Okay, we got Comedy Chaos next Tuesday. And then the fo- then that weekend is the Waking Arizona Tour. Now, I don't have... Oh, I do have Tucson on there. I did it. Yay. Uh, so we have uh, on the 28th, which is a third March... 28th, Thursday, March 28th, we are at the House of Comedy. Eddie Bravo, XG, and the place to be will be live at the House of Comedy. And then the following night, we are in Tucson at the 919 Tool uh, Club. That's actually the address, 919 Tool. And that is a 7, I think it's 8 p.m. show, or it's 7 o'clock. Go to the website, 919tool.com. 191tool.com. And then big shows come. We're not going to get in April, but I'm telling you, man. Oh, yeah, I'm headlining Rooster Teeth Feathers the first weekend in April, man. That's right, North Cal. I'm coming. Here's what I'm doing. Thursday will be the Hook Up and Smoke Out show. I'm going to have my sponsor, my weed sponsor, come down. And the Thursday night, the first Thursday that I'm in at Rooster Teeth Feathers, we're going to have weed and everybody's going to smoke out in the parking lot. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sounds like fun. So Friday and Saturday will be regular stand-up shows. And then Sunday, I'm doing Q&A. It's a whole show of q and I'm just answering all the fans. You come Sunday. I mean, it's just live and charged. Me, you, ranting and raving, okay? I'll do a little comedy for you, but it's going to mo- mostly me answering all your questions, okay? So Thursday is smoke them out, all right? And then Sunday is Q&A with Sam Triple. I will get you all that information. I promise you it will be a great time. I'm so excited to be back in North Cal. So that is the first weekend I'm at Rooster Tea Feathers. All right. A uh, little quick thing. Our uh, tinfoil hat website got hacked. Uh, so that means we're on to something. So big things are coming, everybody. Uh, the T-shirts are ready to rock. You know, we're about to drop another T-shirt. We're selling out of T-shirts on the road. But that is my speech. There we go. What was that at? How long did that go? Like seven minutes. Six and a half? That's good. That's good. Stop crying. Stop crying. All right, dude. Well, I told this guy that he basically blew my mind the last time he was on. And uh, we we had to do a second episode. So we're doing it now. Please welcome the man who's reshaped how I see the universe. 
Uh, I'm very excited to have. We're going to do our follow-up to the Great Floods and the Sumerian Kings list. Please welcome my good friend, Matt LaCroix, everybody. How are you, Matt? Hey, Sam. It's awesome to be here again. Have, I really enjoyed our conversation last time, so I'm excited to continue where we left off. Do I, now, did I pronounce it right? Sumerian? Sumerian King list, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Now, real quick before we start, Aaron, it's off. Is that okay? That, like, when I talk and the video is a little behind, it's all right? Yeah, it's just a slight delay. That's fine. That's fine. Matt, thank you for coming on. Uh, did you get any feedback from the listeners of this show? Did they did they show you any love? Because I know I was uh, singing your praises to everybody. Yeah, people um, seemed to really enjoy the last conversation. They wanted more. So I, you know, I thought, you know, Sam and I better get get back together to continue. You know, a lot of these these areas that we weren't able to fully cover that we need to expand on. For sure, man. So let's kind of go over real quick what we've already covered. That there was a um, there was a list of kings, these Sumerian kings, uh, who, according to evidence, lived twenty thousand years for some time, reigned the world for twenty thousand years, and there's this belief that they are the direct descendants of what we believe would be the Anunnaki, uh, and they are. And the reason I love this because it, it it really clicked for me that this is what where we get our royals from like where did the who picked the royals why is somebody a royal a royalty and you're like oh maybe it's because these anunnaki decided to make this special group of people who kind of were our herders they they kind of were meant there to herd us to follow their rules and it also explains to me why when we see like hillary clinton laughing about basically carpa bombing children in the middle east uh how she laughs at it because maybe they see us like we're cattle like the way we see Cows or whatever, cattle going into the slaughterhouse doesn't really move us. Maybe these these lizard people or whatever we want to call them kind of look at us the same way. Am I correct on that? In a, so far, in a weird way, they they absolutely um, some of these elite families and secret societies do feel like they're um, superior to some of the other population in society. I mean, I'm sure you're well aware someone does just do a little search and look up the Georgia Guidestones. Not too far away, just down the road, right? Georgia. Yeah. And you can see all these commandments from these, you know, these secret societies that want things to be run a certain way and maybe have a population be a certain maximum amount and and have um, certain rules and laws be enacted that perhaps aren't quite there yet, but I'm sure you're aware of that, Sam. So take a look at take a look at that because it really shows you their true colors. And a lot of people have actually vandalized that site. You know, writing like there, yeah, there it is. They, people have actually vandalized that site quite a bit because they've learned about it and they've actually taken trips to it. You know, spray painting things about you know, you know, down to the elites and yeah, you know, for sure, like that. dude. But. For sure, dude. Um, it's definitely interesting, man. It lets you know when we take a look at like I've decided, and I've lost family members to cancer. I've lost good friends to cancer. That the money given to cancer research, I think we've we've had, we have a cure. But why is cancer still happening? Well, because these people who own everything keep putting this money, this cancer, this stuff that causes cancer into our food, into our water, into whatever we drink, whatever we're breathing. We got 5G coming out, giving people. And I'm thinking, wow, this could be very similar to the Great Flood. 
that, you know, when the rape flood cleaned everybody off and started anew, hit the reset button, this could be another way of doing that, where it's like, maybe this time they don't want to ruin everything. Maybe they want to just get rid of the people and keep the, everything else intact. What a great way of doing this through 5G, through all that. It's like, hey, man, if, you know, farmers don't want their cattle to unionize, to get <laughs> rules and do all that shit. You know, they want it to regulate. And I can see all that going on. It kind of fits into what you've been talking about. Yeah, it starts to make sense. And it's, Is he there? you know, it's a really dark area. And Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, can you hear him? Can you? Okay, oh, okay, go on. There, we got better headphones. Go on. Sorry, Matt. Oh, okay. Can you hear me okay? Now I can. Yes, go on. Sorry. Okay. Um, it starts to make a lot of sense when you look at the way that they're they're running things with wars and just you know not allowing um, l- allowing big pharma to take over and not allow all these cures to come through because there's no money to be made in that and it's it, it's clear it's a very dark area and it's something that should be known and we need to we we should mobilize as a society and you know force all this darkness out but. And it's going to be it's going to be baby steps because so many people, as you know, are indoctrinated into thinking that we live in this happy little illusion where, you know, white picket fences and and that the rest of the world is, you know, in our debt because we're we're their great saviors. When in reality, it's quite a bit of just propaganda mixed in with, you know, nationalism forced on people so that they think, oh, it doesn't really matter um, what I have based on maybe what at the expense of somewhere else, you know, when that person is buying sure. a diamond to put on, to put on their ring was, you know, did that come from some, some, you know, war torn country in Africa where they're, you know, using, you know, child laborers. We have, to, the point is we have to look at this entire thing from a perspective of um, what, what goes into creating, you know, an empire that's successful and, you know, what costs is it based on war? Is it you know, what is it really based on? And that's where we're gonna we're gonna get into as we as we go deeper into some of these topics. The last well, point I want to bring up about next about last episode, and it really opened my eyes, was Mesopotamia. Is that I pronounce it correctly? Yeah, and where yeah. that is is exactly where all the wars are going on. And it also is where, like, quote unquote, there might have been a Stargate. So when George Bush says weapons of mass destruction. That's something he might be referring to, and it really does make sense. Uh, like when we see that Venezuela has so much oil, and all these, and we're exporting more oil than we take in from Saudi Arabia, you're like, oh, maybe there's something else going on in that region, and maybe this is a very sacred land uh, that is maybe goes all the way back to Anunnaki and the Sumerians and all that shit, and it really starts to make more sense to me. Well, let's let's link all this. Let's start where we um where we left off last time and bring up some really interesting topics and there's going to be some people that undoubtedly get offended this episode because we're going to be talking about things like what's the truth behind the the eagle symbol those are my favorites those are my favorite episodes (laughs) (laughs) okay let's get started um so i want to temporarily begin a little bit ahead though because we had a very important holiday yesterday that i don't know if you went out to any bars sam but we had uh this this holiday saint patrick's day saint patty and so day. i wanted to s- start right out by just you know we can break the whole break the ice and just break out the truth about what saint patrick's day really represents and then we can backfill and then connect all the way to the sumerian king list all right let's do it okay so while a lot of people yesterday were getting 
probably very drunk and maybe <laughs> thinking, well, I'm having so much fun on Irish Pride Day. But wait a minute. It's not called Irish Pride Day, is it? No. It's called St. Patrick's Day. Right. So why is everyone thinking that this is a, a masked Irish Pride holiday where you know you're you're saying, well, you can't talk about St. Patrick's like that. It means you hate people in Ireland. No, it actually has nothing to do with that at all. And we're about to review how, uh, especially places like the United States, tend to take certain ancient holidays and turn them into something that they're really not, based on you know keeping the people happy and for sure, dude. Drinking and and you know spending lots of money and Christmas all those is a great example. It's like Christmas is about a mushroom. It's not even about Jesus. It's about a mushroom and doing mushrooms and tripping balls. And they've turned it into buying a bunch of shit because some fat guy told you to. <laughs> yeah, it's like a materialistic holiday. That's yeah. all it really is. It's not about love. It's about how much can you spend on someone, right? Yeah. And that and that's really shows you what kind of a society we become. And and so let's. Let's expose the truth about St. Patrick. And and first of all, I want to just get, get it out there. I have nothing against Irish people. Ireland's an amazing place. Irish people are incredible. Great boxers. This is, this is one of those um, holidays that actually represents something very evil. Right. And, and, and by the time we get to the end of this, you may be quite disgusted with this holiday. I, I'm sorry to ruin it for anybody, but, you know, you can drink and have fun on any night. Hey, dude. Um, I'm in a, I'm a, I'm sober, so I, I don't need the drinking. And if I can see less fat people in green stumbling and drinking all over, drunk all over the place, I'll be fine with that. Okay, well, you know, I agree. Um, <laughs> so let's get started. A lot of people don't actually know what St. Patrick's Day represents or even who St. Patrick is. So I want to lay it out there. And of course... I want people to always be their own independent, objective researchers and be looking up things as I'm going, because that's how you can verify and understand that someone's not pulling your leg or taking you on some direction that's misinformation and fake information, right? Right. So, so please look into this, everyone. In the 17th century, there was a bishop known as St. Patrick, okay? And St. Patrick was the son of a Roman official. And that's very interesting as we get into Rome and its influence in the Roman Empire and, and turning into the Holy Roman Empire, because that's going to be a really, really important thing to understand here. So I want to just have you remember that. And so St. Patrick was tasked by the church, the Christian church, to go to Ireland and rid all the snakes from Ireland, right? And then the most common thing I hear when I say that to someone, and people go, ew, I hate snakes, and I, and I sort of I laughed to myself, I, I, you know, because I'm thinking, well, I guess they don't they haven't really studied geography that much and understand that it's way too far north in the latitude that they never actually had snakes. They've never lived there. They can't live there. It's too cold. It's not their climate. So there's no snakes there. Right. right. And then people sort of shake their head and they're like, well, I just don't understand then. And then they, you know, and then they, they give up because a lot of these disinformation from the past that's been interwoven into religious stories and, and, um, and holidays is based on these metaphors and these ancient symbols. Okay. So when, when St. Patrick was ridding all the snakes from, from Ireland, what he was actually doing was on a, uh, a quest to cleanse all the remaining pagans and Druids from the region. Oh okay? man. Okay. Okay. So, 
they had names, and, and you'll recognize this, Sam, as we go. It'll start to really make sense. So they were called the snakes, and then basically meant uh, these non um, non monotheistic religions that didn't that didn't worship the the Christian Bible. So we're talking ethnic cleansing right now. Yeah, and so. St. Patrick went to Ireland, and it, I got to also point out, it wasn't just Ireland. Um, this whole cleansing thing occurred all across Wales, Scotland, England. It was it was basically the United Kingdom area with Ireland. And what there was, which is what makes this so sad, and I'm going to connect this all the way back to the beginning, was that the Druids and pagans were the last group. I mean that the last group on Earth, pretty much that it had that still practiced a lot of this ancient wisdom from the past that we're about to go over. And the Druids were the very same ones who built Stonehenge. Okay. Oh Which, my God. So this is the beginning of like the Roman Catholic church trying to erase ancient history almost. It was actually the end. And, and we'll, and we'll go over that as we go because they were the last group at this point, the the Holy Roman empire had already wiped out groups all over Europe and the middle East in, in their crusade to become this conquering Holy Roman Empire. And that term is very important because, and I'm not going to jump ahead too much, but understand it's called, it went from the Roman Empire to the Holy Roman Empire. Okay. And that says everything right there. And, and we'll backfill that as, as we go. So what that means, well, what is Stonehenge? Well, it's this ancient astrologic, astron- astronomical um, megalithic site that focuses on perfecting their understanding of the stars and the movements of the equinoxes they they were basically the remnants of the knowledge that came out of egypt and mesopotamia okay and the egyptian knowledge became known as the gnostic knowledge and we're going to go over some of those gnostic writings connecting all the way back to enoch and how that turned in turned into stories that were left out of the bible intentionally yeah so so when we look at this holiday we're looking at the destruction of the last culture that was that were known as the snakes because they were practicing this forbidden wisdom, which we're going to go over. And so the, the first place we got to start is understanding what these symbols mean, what they represent, and these metaphors that are hidden and confuse people because they don't really understand it a lot of times. They, the term snakes, serpents, snakes, was a term that represented ancient wisdom, balance, and higher consciousness. Okay, and we're going to go even further back too because these symbols are like onions. They have many, many layers of understanding. They're not just one linear thing. Okay, so that's on the surface what it what it meant, but it goes further and it actually represents a, a complete hidden struggle that we're going to go over here in a second that I call the War of the Eagle and the Serpent. Okay. Okay. But that's what's so important about St. Patrick's Day is it represents the the end of this war where the last the last remaining culture that had still had this knowledge and practiced these this ancient wisdom was essentially wiped out. And, that, and after that point occurred, there was only this fragmented secret societies left that were being hunted down. And the, the Knights Templar actually were was a group that originally was hunting some of some of these groups down but then eventually it became hunted themselves and were exterminated because they were hired as to be like these cleansers but 
like they 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 put down the dogs at the end these 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 bad dogs so that they couldn't connect it back to the church and then they hunted it down the whole the whole thing is an incredibly sad story yeah yeah so, i mean like dude if you look at every, like it's almost like a great example of that is when seth rich gets t- assassinated by uh these two ms13 guys and then those two dudes end up dead as well. So it's like you get the, it's called gangs for security, right? So you get these gangs for security where they do your dirty work. And then once their dirty work's done, you take them out. So there's no loose lips that sink ships. Exactly. Clean up, clean up, you know, so there's no connections back to the original source. So you, right. can, you can have your hands be clean, right? Right, so right, you don't, right, right, right. So, and that's, that's really what this is. It's like organized mob empires going around and, destroying whatever was remaining that contradicted essentially Christianity. Can I ask a quick question? So when we talked about in the back uh, on the last episode about how the um, Anunnaki created this group of um, this, whatever, I don't know I call them lizard people now just because I don't know whether they're reptilians or not, or they have more reptilian brain in them, whatever they are, they are a different group than us. Is that are the Jesuits any possibly part of this descendants of this group think of it this way different root races and groups and bloodlines around the planet that then became um focused around to be become superior so you know one one of these beings may let's call him yahweh may find a lot of um superiority in his opinion with this this Jesuit ancient Jewish connection. So he wants he wants that s- civilization to be superior. Meanwhile, another god might find another like an Assyrian bloodline may want that one superior. So then they they trick the people into fighting each other and killing each other, so that they can s- sort of have this domination of a certain culture on the planet, a uh, certain a certain race. So there's actually like almost like. When, like, we see in Bloodsport where these fucking mob bosses, they support, they fund different fighters, and the fighters kind of come and they fight each other just to find out who's who's the more powerful one. Yeah, and, and so we'll, let's let's connect this and get into it. And I'm now going to go right back to where we left off to okay. explain what you were just essentially talking about. So where do these symbols first get seen? And let's trace the origins of them to then understand how – it became the rulers of empires throughout history, okay, and, and what these symbols really mean. When we left off last time, we talked about the pre-Diluvian time period, before all these cataclysms, all these ancient Sumerian kings that ruled. And then we weren't able to really connect after that point. And like you said, Sam, it really became this reset. After these multiple uh, cataclysms occurred it wiped out all these ancient civilizations that once existed and then it all started over and that's when this conflict began with okay everything started over let's create and be the architects of the new world and then that's where the conflict began where they started competing and i'm going to explain who they are competing over over which you know which civilization would be the greatest and then rule the world essentially wow almost like like they're a chosen people that they that they want to become this superior race okay and so and and i i want to just point out i have i am absolutely someone who tries to always be open and never is never racist i find 
every every group around the world to be amazing and i try to never uh angle this so that i'm trying to act like one group is better than another i'm simply looking at this from a higher perspective you're crunching the numbers you're crunching the numbers you're doing analytics right exactly and you're saying this so when when these cataclysms occurred last time getting to where the sumerian king lost where we left off it states that the first king the first architect of the new world was going to be this king named atanya and if you can pull that up xg i gave you a picture of that tablet that, that's on there. Did you get it? And, I, and, and we can go into All right, hold on. how how these symbols were used in that tablet, and then we could talk about who the Anunnaki are, because I'd like to clear up some things about perhaps what they looked like and 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 you know what their origins potentially were related to humans. Um, okay, hold on, we're sending it right now. For some reason, it didn't go through. So oh, my apologies. Okay. So just keep spitballing. I'll, I'll just keep talking while you, while, you, while you bring that up. So oh, It's that one, right? Atanya was the first king of the post-Diluvian time period. He was the king that was chosen to rule and, and be the architect of the new world. And it actually states that. And I'm going to read a direct translate, translation from this tablet. And that's why I wanted you to pull it up so people can have a, a, something they can, they can look at and then understand so that it's not just someone reading something they've never seen before. Okay. Go um, on. He's sending it right now, so hopefully he'll get it. Or, okay. Yeah, he'll get it, but go on. Okay. So Atanya was, as I said, was the first king in this of the city of Kish after these disasters occurred. And he was a, he was chosen to be the first king. Again, part of these bloodlines. Right, right. And, and, and every one of these kings were the ones who then wrote these tablets and these stories about what occurred because they're the only ones that had the information. Everyone else just below their high priest didn't have any information. It was largely ruled through ignorance, especially after this time period. So the kings retained all this knowledge. That's why they're the ones who wrote these tablets. Right. Right. So while you're pulling that up, um, I'm going to read from tablet one of the legend of Atanya. So what that is, is this king of the, of the city of Kish, this post-Diluvian uh, dynasty that emerged out of Sumer after these cataclysms occurred. And he wrote this preface in his tablet that then connects to where we're going to go with the eagle and the serpent. Okay. So, uh, and I'm going to read from tablet one of the legend of Atanya, which begins in, in states, and this is directly from the tablet. I encourage people to go look themselves, but this is, this is, it, it starts out by saying in the preface, they planned a city. The gods laid its foundations. They planned the city of Kish. The Ajiji founded its brickwork. Let Atana, Atanya be their shepherd. Let Atanya be their architect. The great Anunnaki gods, ordainers of destiny, sat taking their counsel concerning the land. The creators of the four world regions, establishers of all physical form. Okay? And so that's how it starts. And if, you, and if you look at some of the words they used, they specifically stated that Atanya was chosen to be the architect of the new world. And he was then given all of these laws and these rules handed down, just like Hammurabi was in, when he became the ruler of Babylon. Okay, and we can talk about that later. Now, what, what's important about that is once you get past the preface, it then gets into discussing this very symbolic metaphorical story of a, of, of this, what happened with a, a, a serpent and an eagle. And it's one of the first representations we have 
cuneiform tablets that actually talks about it. Okay. So the first thing I want to clarify is that these symbols go back to the very beginning. And they're not simply what we think of as a linear perspective to look at things. They go, they go back to a, a complete mentality that ruled these gods. Okay. Yeah. I love so, this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like mind blowing stuff when you actually look at how all of this information was present in these tablets and cylinder seals. And then you see flags and crests all over the world yeah. and you can see how it mimics it. And, and we're going to bring that up in a minute. XG can get that flag picture ready for later. We can show the extent of how these symbols have influenced human civilizations all throughout history. Okay. Uh, and to be clear, there are other important symbols too, like the bull and the owl. <clears throat> okay. And the lion. But, but we're going to focus today just on the eagle and the serpent because they are, in my opinion, the two most important of all. Okay. And, and I want to, Start out by pointing out what the two symbols really mean. Okay. Yeah. As I said, the serpent became a demonized symbol that we associate with evil and darkness, but it's actually the complete opposite. The serpent was a symbol that's always represented ancient knowledge, wisdom, and, and balance and reaching higher states of consciousness. Okay? We've seen this before with uh, the Antichrist. We've seen it basically with the demonization of Mother Earth, the divine feminine, how that's been yes. turned into some dark stuff. And the, like the Mother Earth, which is, if you think about the sun, God in heaven, what would be the opposite of a son in heaven would be a daughter on Earth or a mother on Earth. Mother Earth and how that got demonized over time. It did. It did because it's this feminine creative energy. And that's what we're going to start to go over oh, because these this. gods wanted to be the creators, not the natural process that connects, you know, this conscious intelligence of the universe. They wanted to be the gods. And so this you, you find this emergence of um, especially Christianity demonizing a lot of these of the most important terms of all. And like you said, Sam, it's very confusing because people quickly learn that most of the most important things became the opposite of what they really mean. Yes, and that's what dude. we're about to go over. Yeah. That's it's called an inversion or even a perversion too, because that means you not only invert something, but then you demonize it so that it's 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 essentially a dark version of itself right. that people think is evil. Okay, and that's exactly what happened with these symbols. So I explained the serpent. Well, now what about the eagle? Well, you know, you're you're coming your your stage is in America. I'm across the other side of the country in America, and we have flags on every doorstep with this, you know, big eagle flying back and forth, and we're told that the eagle represents freedom and um, you know, tr freedom and truth and being this like a savior yeah, around the world, yeah. right? Yeah, for and, sure. And and yet at the same time were this this advanced essentially like almost like an advanced roman empire that then that governs the world and gets influence in all of its affairs and puts in proxy dictators yeah that, yeah to just to follow its own rule it's really interesting that the symbols just don't make sense do they because 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 when we look at that it's it's a opposite of what's supposed to mean and that's exactly what happened and that's going to be very difficult for a lot of people to accept so what does the eagle really mean what well, does eagle, it mean, dude? What does it mean? The eagle, the eagle has nothing to do with an actual eagle. Okay, eagles are beautiful and they're wonderful, and has nothing this to is, do with the. We don't want to piss off the eagle people, all right? Exactly. This is not anti-eagle like people. Snake. 
is really not that representation representative of the actual physical snake, other than the fact that it sheds its skin frequently, like a metamorphosis of someone's consciousness. Yes. Okay. But I, getting I, back to the eagle, what the eagle truly represents is is th that which can see all. It is the highest flying bird of all. So it sees everything. Okay. Okay. And it represents this over dominated masculine energy. Okay. And and this uh this control through demiurges and even war. It's actually quite a negative symbol because what it essentially represents is this struggle between our two sides. Either one through through that what the Gnostics call our demiurges, which is like the material obsession, greed, money, and control over that which is the opposite of something that would be spiritual and balanced. And it's that's what these like two sides represent. We kind of talked about this last time where it represents this kind of uh, things we're seeing on the all seeing eye, the spying, the, the mass surveillance of this group higher above everybody, mass surveillancing everybody. So it symbolizes this, the highest view of all below almost. Yeah, it's, and, and now it gets even more wild than that because when you when you read these cuneiform tablets about who these gods were, you find out that there was this conflict that emerged, okay? And I encourage people to check that out. It's, it's absolutely mind-blowing. There, there was a conflict that emerged essentially with these two brothers, okay? And these two ancient brothers were given control over essentially Earth, that's that's what the ancient stories t um, say. And this isn't just something that comes from something that comes from Zechariah Sitchin. This story of this 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 divide that, that that developed over human consciousness is shared by cultures all over the world, from you know Peru and India all the way to Egypt and Greece and Mesopotamia. It's all around the world. It's the same reoccurring story where it's talking about how, like getting back into the Adam and Eve story. It's talking about how there was this conflict that emerged where one side, think of that story, the, that biblical version, the serpent wanted to give Adam and Eve the knowledge of good and evil to give them higher consciousness. But this God figure, we can just we'll throw an eagle on his on his lap. He wanted he wanted humanity to be to be ruled by ignorance, to not understand good and evil. But yet at the same time, even with that right in people's faces, they think that the serpent is evil, even though, even though the description completely goes against the model, the model of what they're being told. Because why would you want? Why would there be a god figure that that is has humanity's best interests in mind that doesn't want them to have knowledge of good and evil? Okay, and that's exactly where this this is going to go. Those two figures are the, these these figures in the Sumerian gods um, list. Essentially, they're known as. Enki and Enlil, okay? And they were these two brothers that are considered the dual ownerships of how things would go for our for our world. And I want people to take a step back, understand the vastness of the cosmos and, and how how small and, and puny just a little planet can be in, in the in the vastness of actually what exists out there, and and realize that it wouldn't be that big of a deal if you could if you imagined that there were beings that were advanced enough that they could literally like have planets be their 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 ownership. Just like if if you thought to yourself, 
if a conquistador went across and took over a region and put its flag down, it would then control the entire direction of where that those civilizations right, would go. Right, right. It's it's really it's like having um it's like owning a you know some piece of land somewhere so that you want to decide how it gets run. So these these Mesopotamian tablets talk about how there was this this divide in this in a struggle that occurred and getting back to the the legend of Atanya Atanya states that there's this he he describe, describes how there was this ancient story how there was a serpent and an eagle who tried to work together in trust to better the future and the eagle betrayed the serpent and then cast it down so that it was forced to rule in the underworld okay while the eagle then was able to control in, in, in the upper, the air, and the higher in the higher dimensions. Yeah. That's really how we got to look at this. Okay. Are these are these different roles that were then taken up with certain symbols that were then used to represent what what they their mentality was? Okay, so now what did, was that? did did now does the eagle and the serpent represent actual people or just an ideology? Ideology. That's. And, and that's the complication is a lot of people will say, well, this is just human archetypal natures. You know, one is the lower state of our greed and our materialistic side with war. And the other side is our higher consciousness and that it's all just symbolic and there's nothing there's nothing further to it. But that's like I said, it's like an onion. That's a layer. That's a layer of understanding, because if you go deeper, you then see that it, it's further than that. It represents the way that these two essentially these two sides these this divide that occurred between these these beings that wanted to rule our world and wanted civilizations to go and so those civilizations then took on certain mentalities that's why you can find eagle and certain eagle and serpent um, symbolism all over the world everywhere if you go back into cylinder seals from mesopotamia you can see the two the two symbols all the way back from the very beginning where it shows showed these two sides that had emerged. And it's not just two two individuals. It's all of those um you could call them deities or gods that we, you know, have turned into that term, but essentially these beings that fall on either side of this mentality, you know. So what was Enki and all these ancient teachers? Well, they were the ones who taught about like the serpent again. This the, high, the, the knowledge of higher consciousness, the wisdom from the past, balance, understanding what our role is within the cosmos, versus this other side, this this eagle side, where they where they wanted to control human humanity through their demiurges and their lower states by controlling them through conditioning their reality with war, so that they think that that's what their their purpose is and it's part of their natural state. Yeah, and, and we can. And you see that now, you see that now where everybody like, well, but just America, that's how we, uh, that's what fuels our economy is war. You know, we've been, we're America, we've been in war every single day of our existence. Like, well, that's, that's not necessarily have to be, and it's not natural. I don't believe. And we've been conditioned to believe that is natural. And it's I, been going on forever, Rome. Yeah. But it's like, that's this group of like. These dark arts motherfuckers who are obviously of the eagle when I'm all about the serpent, Doc. Well, let's and let's get into it and let's connect all this back to where you know we started with St. Patrick's Day. So even as far back as looking at like something like Alexander the Great, who conquered a lot of these regions, he's always shown and depicted with this eagle following him. Okay, 
that's that's his the symbol showing that he was basically under the favor of that certain god okay it was like representing the different sides that ruled here wow so symbolism ended up ended up being the telltale sign of who was controlling and 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 deciding how those certain areas would go okay and like like i said when the druids were essentially cleansed and wiped out it was the end of the serpent there was the, all these cultures that had once existed around the world had been conquered and we'll get into that too especially when you look at things like the flag of mexico and a lot of the, a lot of these um ancient cultures of the americas yes. and what and what occurred with them so yeah and then, now this might blow your mind so this simple uh, sorry blown, of the dog. serpent we're talking about oh, there you go there we the go. symbol of the serpent that we're talking about, remember, it's these, this demonized term, right? Right. When we think of who this Satan figure is, and we think of these different roles they took on, remember when I was, and that's the flag of Mexico that we'll talk about. Yeah. It's, can you leave it up? You, uh, Aaron, can we see it again? It shows you the struggle right there. Wow. Yeah, dude. The eagle versus the serpent, dude. There it is. Oh, my okay. God. And the eagle is winning. Yeah, and, and and not only that, but the eagle is holding the serpent in place and controlling it. Like it, and, and if it's if that was just a symbol that went back to cultures and it had and it wasn't connected by anything, then why is it shared all around the world? It's crazy, one. Of, it's the right? most common symbol that's shared by well, all of these cultures, and, and we'll and we'll talk about that. Well, the, okay? the myth supposedly about um about it being found about the uh, the the reason that the that that's on the Mexico flag is technically because when um, one of the Indians was, was sent to be told that when he found a snake on a cactus eating, being eaten by an eagle, technically that's where Mexico started. So when he saw that, that's what gave him that thing. Yeah, where this that's is what Mexico. you're being told. Can yeah, you guys hear me, by the exactly. way? Exactly. Can you hear Sam, me? Sam hit it right that. on the nose. You're talking okay, about there we go. the story that was given after the Catholic Church conquered Mexico. Okay? Yeah, dude, for and, sure. And, and we, we're jumping a little bit ahead okay. until we get to that point. Pump the brakes, um, XG. Pump we're going to talk about that a lot when we talk about these conquerors of Mexico, okay? And I know I know I'm 20 minutes, so i got to get going here. Yeah, dude, but get remember, deep, dog. Getting into Atanya, remember this symbolic story of how that the eagle tricked the serpent yeah. into ruling in the underworld. You motherfucker. That's the story of Enlil and Enki. Yeah. And it's the, the two roles that they ended up getting. Remember, they were these dual rulers of our world. They now, were brothers, and one of them turned on each other. Is that it? Yeah, exactly. Not so cool. Enlil was the one that's always been associated with the eagle. Always. That's his symbol. And then all the sons and the, and the various influences and incarnations that have come after they tend to follow the influences of their father or these mentalities. So it became literally a war over how the human race would end up, would turn out essentially. And when you look at the last several zodiacal periods, meaning thousands of years of time between changes in the processional equinox and things like that, you find that these different time periods have been ruled by either war or like go, go way back to the golden age of these civilizations. They call it the golden age because it wasn't being ruled by war. It was being ruled by higher knowledge and technology. That's when those civilizations were destroyed after the reset. Then you saw this control come in where all of these human cultures around the world were then coerced into becoming warring empires. And that's why they all have eagles on their flag. Okay, But it gets getting back into what this means. So en Enki was uh, uh, tricked into becoming the role of ruling the underworld okay and what is the underworld it's the christian term for hell 
That's essentially what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, and, and his term was Lord of the, the of the underworld or freshwater or Abzu, which was this this underworld aspect that we need to understand. It's about energy. Okay. It's about understanding right. what this right. place is. You know, why do people keep incarnating over and over again? And then you know they they have some strange memories of some other other past lifetime. They're like, I don't understand. Is that deja vu? What was that? Well, what really is going on here with our incarnation? Are we stuck here? Are we here to to have to learn and grow and, to, and and have to incarnate over and over and over again until we can become a certain kind of person? Well, where did that come from? Well, I can tell you exactly where it came from. If you read in the Atrahasis, these two, again, again, this this understanding is perhaps, and I point this out in my as I'm ready, finishing the new book, it may be beyond our human comprehension to be able to understand. But these beings took on certain roles in our reality. Enki was forced, and those along with him, like Thoth, this high priest, were forced into ruling essentially the underworld and, and, and controlling hu- human consciousness and incarnations, while Enki and some of his other sons were the, were the lords of, of the air or the, the higher dimensions. What is heaven? We just said what hell is. Heaven is just higher dimensions. So when they talk about in the Christian Bible, you say, well, I hope you ascend and go to heaven. You're talking about this ascension of energy to reach higher states or being recycled back through the underworld so that you have to relive this over and over again. Which goes okay. back to this fucking Tibetan Book of the Dead going ascension yeah. to another one, which is Matrix shit, which is like right. the Archons send you back into the light. They, they act like your grandma and you're like, oh, grandma. Grandma's like, oh, come with grandma to the light. Boom, you're reborn again. And, and now, and this is what's going to wow. Is Enki was forced to rule the underworld. It became this Satan figure. That's why when you look at depictions of him with his trident, it's the inverted version of the pitchfork that this this Satan devil figure has. It's the way that the church has inverted. The, it's to, to demonize these certain figures in history. Because remember, Enki was forced to rule the underworld, where Enlil was forced to rule the higher dimensions. And this, and this is where forced or chose the Enki upstairs. Was he forced, or did he choose to do that? Well, he was. He had certain traits and understandings of energy, and basically, what it meant was he was in charge of soul incarnation. Okay, he was the judgment behind what souls were going to incarnate and what weren't. But he had to. He had to follow certain guidelines and he could he, um so that there wasn't someone couldn't ascend unless they reached a certain state of well i'm going to actually study and learn this stuff without rather than just hearing it from someone wow. and then thinking that i'm enlightened okay uh, which so is what i'm doing right Egypt, now by the way which is cyrus completely what i'm doing right now i am just hearing you and i'm just telling i'm just feeling totally and he's gonna talk he's gonna tell everybody yeah, I will. I will yep. literally just take everything you said and just regurgitate it through my stupid. <laughs> well, the, the point behind that is this. If, if you have a situation where human consciousness and our energy can only ascend and leave this incarnation cycle if we reach a certain kind of state of energy in person, then it's brilliant then that those who are in charge of the physical world in higher dimensions, who are the gatekeepers of that, keep our our realm in a state of conflict and chaos and war to prevent 
prevent people from being able to get out of this soul incarnation system here. So it's they actually ah. are considered evil by a lot of groups because because some of these ancient groups believe that they're actually perpetuating human demiurges for a reason. But who's so that doing that down low or up stuff. top? Who's doing that down now, low now, or now, up now, top? This is the Matrix. You're going to love this, Sam. You ready? But hold Remember on, Matt. Matt, who is who is yeah. who is doing that? Is it is it who's down low? Anki. Enki is down low, but he's forced to only allow those to ascend that actually um, reach a certain state of energy. He's not in charge of what happens in the physical world. But so he is not causing the conflict and the warring and all that stuff. Somebody else he's, is. They're only de- he's only deciding who's who should be allowed to ascend based on rules that they've decided rather so than he has no – he has no kind of control over what occurs in the physical world in the higher dimensions. Meaning if those who are in control of that keep us in a certain state of perpetual war, we will never be able to ascend beyond a certain kind of energy and connecting to the matrix. Remember now, stop. now who is doing that? Who is, is it the, is it this elite group that's been created by are, like these lizard people that are getting us to always be at war so we can never so first of get all, this higher first state? Of all, um, I don't believe based on any of the depictions, if you look at murals, you can see what the Anunnaki look like. They're, they actually call themselves in, in the Anunnaki. They're Atreides, giants, they call right? themselves the Anuna, okay? And they have depictions of, that show them. They're just tall, advanced humanoids. But, but I just want to throw that out there. Okay, but what I'm talking about is this group of people that you create that you have stated were created to rule us, right? This ruling class, this ruling bloodline, that yeah. group, are they the yeah, ones? So basically when the age of Pisces came, which occurred after the flood, those who are in charge of that age happen to be those that are in the, um, that I talk about Enlil and the Nurta and some of these figures we're about to go into. They, because they were in charge of that time period and they're in charge of our, essentially our physical world, represented through the eagle they decided to just keep humanity in this there we um, go that's what in, I this, in these about. in these perpetual elite families that would that would force war war to occur there we and go if, people, if that's hard for people to stomach i understand but go look at a quote from <laughs> essentially um Goodall Rothschild. She was the mother of all the Rothschild um, bankers that then went out to Fuck all the different banks around the world. And what she says on her deathbed before, and I, I seriously go look this up; it'll blow your mind. She says on her deathbed, "If my sons didn't want war, there would simply be none." Yeah. That's what she says, and she's talking about her sons who became some of the most powerful bankers on our planet. And how they're part of these secret societies and bloodlines that control our entire world. Yes, they control dude. everything. Yes, there it is, right there. Thank you. Look at that ugly bitch. <laughs> Somebody so, fuck that. <laughs> now, fuck now that's important. Fuck your grandma. Like, like they're essentially doing the work of um, some of these some of these powerful past rulers, and they they actually. They don't specifically have the symbol of the eagle because they're they're connected to essentially the power of the Jesuits. That's why they have the symbol of like the lion, essentially. Okay, so there are other symbols involved in this. But the point is, some of these some of these beings who did who were really jealous and didn't want the human race to ascend and and become greater than even then, potentially, because we're just essentially these jump started 
uh, beings that have their their gifts of their of their intelligence and in a uh, higher consciousness. And but the problem was Enki, this this Satan figure that we talked about, the serpent, he's the one who created humanity. That's what all the tablets say is that he took this Denisovian Neanderthal primitive being that was not more primitive being I should say that that was here and then they took their DNA and they jump-started us to become like these advanced beings but the problem was Enlil and a lot of these other groups that that could that created this divide again this war of the eagle and the serpent they didn't want humanity to become have higher consciousness and to ascend that's that Yahweh God figure in in the Adam and Eve story, it's the same thing over and over again in all of these religions. They they essentially found is a threatening thing that we never deserve those gifts that were given because the problem was we were created as more more or less like a primitive worker, but yes, the, slaves on this planet. But we were given many many more gifts than we were supposed to by this Enki figure, which is why he became demonized. When a lot of these other rulers took over, essentially religions and the way that our the bloodline families would run. So the serpent it, who gives knowledge. Now the serpent, the apple is that any is that symbolism or is that just like he gave knowledge to Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve were like, "Fuck this, we're out of here." Yeah, like eating an apple, you know, eat, getting knowledge and then understanding it, and then and then understanding the world around you. It's it's that's been this big conflict that it's that's been going on between. How if you have these two brothers and these two this two divide that occurs between them and they hate each other, then you would essentially um, fight over who became the dominant one. Okay, yes. and and that's where this is going to get pretty amazing for for those who understand history. So where did this start? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna connect all of this in 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 the book of enoch it talks about these watchers and it talks about how these beings are constantly watching our timeline and our, our world okay go look at that that's what it talks about they're the same the same thing that's mentioned as being like these fallen angels and those who are higher up watching it all connects back to how hu- the human human race is essentially we're like an experiment in consciousness that's being observed and manipulated from in many ways to see where we end up okay dude that almost plays into simulation theory yeah now 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 i'm gonna get back to what i said before that connects the matrix because i know how much you like to talk about that remember in the matrix how people are being forced to to live in like this illusion while they're being used for energy yes and then they're and and they're not able to go anywhere and they have to keep continuing over and over again and then neo breaks out and realizes that the human species is like a slave for energy okay yeah that's exactly what is essentially happening here oh my god these beings what they really came here for wasn't really gold that's that's just an under that's a byproduct of understanding advanced technology and things like in alchemy the real reason they came here was to take advantage of controlling essentially endless amounts of energy so that they could live forever, okay? So when you have horrible fl- false flag events occur here or all these e- this evil that keeps perpetuating yeah. over and over again, yeah. they're essentially feeding off of the negative energy to, con- yes, to keep the race control. And dude, okay? a big part of that they think is, Stevie Weeby was talking about it, it's like, look at the moon, man. Like... Some people think the mood is the energy connector. And if you like a great example is like, have you watched, have you ever looked at Pac-Man? 
Think about what he's talking bum, about, bum, right? Bum, bum, the Pac-Man bum, bum, looks bum. like a moon, right? And it chases you down, and he eats you. And what happens to you? Your ghost goes to where? This regenerator in which you're reborn and you're spit back out. And they eat you yeah, again. And, 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 again. and get this. There's the, our moon is larger than any moon in relation to the size of our planet that any any other place that, that we know of. Oh, my in, God. It what all essentially connects. means, not to get down on a whole moon talk, but it, there's strong evidence that the moon was actually an artificial construct. It was put in place to create this soul incarnation trap. Yes! Okay? So that oh these beings God. could essentially live forever and feed off of our energy. That And that's why I try to explain how they took on certain roles where Enki became in charge of the underworld, whereas Enlil and the others became in charge of the, of, of the higher dimensions, which includes the physical world, so that... They can control every aspect of the different realms of dimensions and energy that's here. Okay, because in the end of the day, Sam, this physical body that we see is just the vessel for this higher consciousness soul that we really have. And so what what happens? Well, you just keep that soul trapped and perpetuated over and over again. And when we work all day and then we just come home and then we go to sleep, we're just giving up all of our creative energy and not using any of it. Where is it going? It's just going into this, this you know, feeding mechanism to keep humanity as being like these batteries, just like the Matrix talks about. Okay. Hey, listen, we got to get into these final, this final point. Yes. Okay. Let me let me jump ahead here. Jump to final yeah, point. We'll do a part three, again. man. I'll throw a part three out there. <laughs> well, yeah. We um, let me get through this and try to go quick here. So basically, what happened? I'll shut is, up. Uh, is religion used to be called what was known as the old religion. And it was based on a guide or a manual for how you could reach a higher state of energy to get out of this soul trap. That's all it was. It was a way for like a manual for how to reach a high, your highest state. So what happened? Well, after this, after these cataclysms occurred and those who became in control were, you know, became sort of corrupted controlled by their left brain, this ancient reptilian brain. That's why they're referred to as lizards, in my opinion, because it's their mentality. They have no empathy. They're simply just these controllers, okay? Yes! And competition. So what happened is those who were in control of that time period got really smart and realized they could just take over religion and turn it into a control mechanism that instead of helping to ascend people, it trapped people instead. That's exactly what happened. Oh my so in 13, God. and this is mind-blowing, the Roman Empire, which was this great eagle empire we haven't even talked about yet. Fuck you can bro. follow these empires all throughout history showing their flags and crests of which, which side that they were following. The Roman Empire, always shown by the eagle, they used to have a, a, an eagle symbol, a gold eagle they would carry around in battlefields called the Aguila. It was so, they were so obsessed with this eagle symbol that if they lost it during a battle – they would send people as far as they needed to go on, on armies to, to regain it, sometimes losing enormous amounts of people just to get this eagle back. That's how obsessed they were with it, okay? So in, in the Roman Empire is collapsing, okay, just like all these other empires around the world, and they had a brilliant idea. Constantine, who is the head of essentially the Roman Empire, he came up with this brilliant idea to reestablish the Roman Empire from Rome into Turkey, in 313 AD, he changed it. He created a city called Constantinople after his name. And this is where the Roman Empire in, in 330 AD became the Holy Roman Empire. 
And so right before this date, Christianity in what was known as the old, the old religion was essentially illegal and you were stoned or killed if you were a Christian. And then within a year or two, if you weren't a Christian, you were killed or stoned. So all of a sudden, the Holy Roman Empire took on this Byzantine double-headed eagle, which was a symbol for an inerta, one of the one of the sons of Enlil. He's the same figure that plays Apollo to the Greeks, this war god. They essentially took religion, some, some of these groups, and they turned the, the Holy Roman Empire into this crusade to take over Christianity. And that's why the Bible keeps getting kept getting rewritten over and over again, and all these figures became demonized later on. That's how it started. No, no, what, what does that matter? Well, that the Holy Roman Empire are the ones who then hunted down all the remaining Gnostic and ancient Mesopotamian connections back to the serpent, and they were eradicating and killing them all. That's what St. Patrick was essentially doing. He was tasked with ridding whatever was remaining of these groups. Oh, that were- my God. You know what's so interesting, man? We think about people who wear, like, let's say something like blackface and how everybody loses their skull. And I get, I, I understand that, and it's right. But then you think how there is an organized event in which people celebrate St. Patty's Day in which there was ethnic cleansing going on yes. and the destruction of knowledge. Unbelievable, dude. I yeah. just... And- and go and go look and like I said, these symbols. Go look at the serpent symbol. How remember we showed the flag in Mexico? How the eagle is holding it together and controlling it. That's that symbol goes far back, further back, and it's not part of that Catholic story that was then created where Tenochtitlan was this capital that they saw an eagle on a cactus eating a serpent. Think about it; it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense on no a physical sense, level. Dude. Hey, I got a question for you. It makes no sense. I got a question yeah. for you. Uh, since, what do you think? Who's, who is Quetzalcoatl? You know who that was, right? Yeah, and, and I, oh, we have so much to cover here. Dude, we haven't even talked hey, about we're doing a number aspect. three. We're going to do a number three. Yeah, because guess what? Because we have to go over Columbus. We have to go over Pizarro. We're going to do we a number three, dude. We're going to do a number three. Okay, and I want to just throw this out there so people don't think it's totally crazy. I want to leave on this. All right. When the Founding Fathers originally had founded the United States, Benjamin Franklin wanted a turkey as a symbol, which is the opposite of an eagle. It's a ground. It's a bird on the ground that's about sharing and about balance. That's essentially what it was. And the original symbol, the first flag, was actually the Gatson flag, which had we said don't, don't, don't tread on me, which had the serpent on it. Okay. Yes. It was, yes. Yes, it was later dude. changed to the eagle. Yes, dude. Yes. And, and what happened after it was changed to the eagle? The United States got corrupted and then turned into an an empire, a warring empire. Okay. Yes, and now, dude. now getting back to XG's, like ne- the next show, we got to talk about how all these ancient cultures, the Aztec and the Maya and the and the Inca, were all conquered. And essentially by these this the Spain Spain who had the symbol of the eagle who then corrupted them all and took them over. Fuck yeah, there you go. Eagle dude. Oh my god, bro. Okay, and, and so we have a lot left to cover. I guess we're gonna have to do a part two. Throw, throw up the threes, dude. Throw up the threes, dude. Uh, we're gonna have to have a number funny. three, dude. For sure, Matt. Matt LaCroix, where can they find you? You just blew our mind. You just blew our mind. Where can they find you? Um, you can find me at my author website at thestageoftime.com and my YouTube page at Matthew LaCroix. 
uh, L A C R O I X. I really apologize for not covering some of the other stuff. Matt, that you wanted to stop. Again. <laughs> it was great. I mean, Matt, I could just sit here and not talk the whole time, just listen to you, or I can ask questions. I think people want to go. It's going to take a little time, dude. I'll throw a three up there. I'll throw a four up there. We can do a fourth. It's, it's endless. We're just going to keep going and have a good time. I love and, it. I love it. And uh, if you're ever in LA, we'll do something in studio. It'll be a lot of fun. You just blew my mind. You connected everything. Fucking, I'm serpent for life, dog. Serpent yeah, so, for so fucking next time life, we're gonna, dog. We're, we're going to connect is we're going to connect what really happened with Columbus and what really happened Cortez and Pizarro and how this the eagle conquered all of the, all these serpent cultures and then took them over. Okay, we can go over all that stuff. Serpent after. for life, Matt Lacroix. You're a good man doing the fucking Anunnaki's work, dog. All you I do see is a shirt. All I see is a shirt. Serpent for life. Serpent. I for can life, already see man. that. I'm fucking serpent for life. Love your fellow man. Love your fellow people. Fuck groups. Find knowledge. Ascend. Fuck Pac-Man. Fuck the moon. Like, go to the next level. Dude, love people. Love everybody. We're all just tribes of... What's his name? Who's downstairs? Matt? What? Oh, Anki? Anki. We're all the descendants of motherfucking Anki. Anki for life, dog. Love your fellow man. <laughs> Love, Love you, Matt LaCroix. And we'll do it again yeah. soon, homeboy. Take care. Thanks, Sam. I really appreciate it. I'll catch you again soon. That was great, dude. Bye, everybody. We love you. Take the knowledge. Ascend.